Welcome to CBS Soap Dish Recap, a podcast about your favorite CBS soaps. Each week, we deliver the best hard-hitting analysis of the previous week of The Young and the Restless and The Bold and the Beautiful. Now, here's your hosts. Hey guys, welcome back to CBS Soap Dish Recap, where normally Keisha and I do a recap for both The Young and the Restless and The Bold and the Beautiful. Uh, this week, Keisha is... Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. Cracking in my voice. It's early. Keisha is off this weekend. Um, she is traveling, so um, she'll be back next week. So I wish her... Um, safe trip back and you know her having a great time where she is at her destination we definitely missed her this week but we'll look forward to seeing her next week so you have just me today i know i've done this before um with having um the podcast with just myself so i hope you guys are okay with that um because i know keisha can be the highlight of the show which is great that's why she's here but, um, yeah, we have, I would say, a little bit to unpack this week. Normally, on Young and the Restless, we usually have a multitude of different storylines with little sprinkles here and there. But we only have pretty much three big storylines this week. And then, of course, on The Bold and the Beautiful, we have one major storyline. We had a couple things sprinkled in, but it didn't really make an impact this week, much more than the other storyline that we had. And it caused a social media frenzy, in, especially in the Facebook uh, group, book, um, the Facebook group sites. So we're going to talk about all of it. But if you're new here, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you are a, a returning listener, we appreciate your support each and every week. We've actually are coming up on two years in a couple of months. Can you believe it? Two years. So thank you so much for all of your support as we had our ups and downs. I know we had a break in 2020 when both soaps did go off the air, but you came back when they came back. So I'm glad that you guys are continuing to support the platform and our podcast show every week. So, enough of the banter. Let's just jump into this because I don't want to keep you guys that long since it's just me. It's just my perspective. And um, next week when Keisha come back, of course, Keisha, I know you tend to listen to those when you're not on there. If you do uh, want to add in some commentary from this particular week's uh content into next week when we do the podcast that is absolutely a-okay with me of course so let's jump into this so normally what we do on the first half of the show we recap um the young and the restless and then the second half of the show is the bold and the beautiful at the end of the show then that's where We have the flip the script segment where if there's a particular storyline or a scene that you wish that you would want to change or could be different, this is where Keisha and I normally flip that script. So I'm going to still do the same format. It might not be as long as our normal podcast because usually it runs close to two hours and that's because we have different perspectives. We're discussing and having dialogue back and forth. 
But today is just me, so I'll give my thoughts. And um, if you agree, fine. If you disagree, that's fine, too. It's okay. Everybody has their own perspective. Okay. So let's jump into this. We're going to start with The Young and the Restless. And this is for the week of October 25th through October 29th. And can you believe it? The year is almost over. We're about to go into November on Monday. It's crazy. So for The Young and the Restless, um, Abby crumbled when Christine presented her with Chance's wedding band which had been found at the bomb explosion site. Michael convinced Amanda to testify against Sutton. Nick and Phyllis continue to clash over his problems with his family. And Ashlyn and Victoria learn his chemotherapy wasn't working. So, we're going to talk about the smallest pieces first. Um, and then we'll get into the main meat of this week's episode. I mean, this week's um, storyline. So, it looks like to me with, with Michael, because I know we saw this in the weekend, I mean, the week of the 18th, where Michael was sitting down in front of Amanda and Devon trying to convince her to testify. Devon was not on board. And I kind of got his point then, but I think because Amanda, excuse me, Amanda is so bent on trying to avenge her father, death, her father's death because it was at the hands of her grandfather. It really, the logic that Devon gave, which was actually, it made sense, like, listen, you might put yourself at odds with the rest of the family because um, I know you want to do this and that and the third, but what is the aftermath that it's going to look like if, in fact, you take down the patriarch of the family? However, I also see the other side because of, which also makes sense, of Amanda saying, yeah, I get all that, but... But, 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 somebody got to be a voice for my father because he took his life all because of whatever his reasons of not, you know, wanting to find out that uh, his daughter was pregnant with these twins and blah, blah, blah. So I need to give my dad a voice because that wasn't fair to him being that he was looking for us. So I see both sides of it. Now, where would I give the weight to? You know, seeing Devon's explanation and seeing um, Amanda's explanation, I think I would give more weight to Amanda because especially the fact that this man, which technically had a choice taken away from him of being a father because Naya didn't tell him. He found out in a roundabout way. When he found out he fathered children, he feverishly looked for his children and because of the fact that you know her family didn't want that type at the time didn't want the exposure of having you know a child out of wedlock or whatever this story is at the end of the day he facilitated the death of her father so I can totally understand where she's coming from now 
get the bond, yeah, you know, hey, what well, it's gonna make waves and all this kind of stuff. Okay, yeah, I hear you. But at the same time, this is her father. This man had his choices, the dad had his choices taken from him. You know, number one, to even know he had children, and number two, for the fact that um, you know, of course, he wanted the kids and they didn't want him to have his children. So yeah, you know, I totally understand and I give more weight to what Amanda is stating on this because, you know, you took that away from her because she, of course, maybe Hillary, we don't know, but Hillary and Amanda, I would assume collectively, would have want to know where they came from, who their father was, because remember, um... Hillary, remember Hillary um, always thought that it was Anne that uh, was her mom. Remember that whole storyline that brought Hillary onto scene? She had a totally different storyline of who her mom was and how Anne knew Neil and, you know, all of that. Now, I would think that the way that it's set up, Hillary would want to know the truth as well. And all this was all overturned because her dad wanted to keep this as a big secret. And part of that secret was taking out their father. So, I, I yeah, I'm on Amanda's weight on this whole situation. So, I can totally understand why she would want to testify against her grandfather. Now, my question is also... Does Michael have enough to convict? You know, is he going to be compelling as an attorney to put this together? Because the other problem with this is just say he don't do well and he lose the case. That means Sutton is free. Which means now that Amanda has testified against him, what does that mean for Sutton, whether or not he's going to come after Amanda, whether he's going to cause problems, make waves for her? So, I understand, like I said, I give weight to Amanda of, you know, trying to avenge her father's death. At the same time, uh, Michael, I'm going to need you to come with it. So, therefore, you know, this can get done because if it doesn't, this is what the fallout could look like, which I kind of think maybe I, I'm trying to remember because that was the week of the 18th as well. You know, that that's what Devon was also referring to as well. So, I mean, the other thing is this week we found out, of course, that she didn't know. I mean, not she, he, Devon, because he's been caught up with everything that's been going on with Mariah. He didn't know that Amanda said yes to Michael until, you know, it came back when they had, you know, when they were back at the, at the, um, penthouse and she dropped that on him. Like, uh, yeah, I'm testifying. I don't know if Devon, I mean, he left the choice up to her, but it didn't seem like he was too happy about that. So we'll definitely see the fallout in that. But for some reason, it's looking like 
that Young and the Restless is definitely maybe trying to move Devon over to Abby. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I know Keisha and I have talked about this in previous episodes. But, yeah, I mean, because of the fact of uh, the baby and whatnot, it, it looks like they may be trying to gravitate that direction. So we'll definitely have to see about that. But we'll talk about Abby in a little bit. So the other thing that was going on this week outside of that is uh, Ashlyn got news that his therapy wasn't working. And he's not giving up. And I don't blame him. Especially he's a newly married man. He's fell in love with Victoria, but Victoria's fell in love with him. They're trying to build a life together. She's trying to make all of these future events and ideas and things like that. But it's not looking good with the current therapy that he has. So, I, honestly, I think they're probably going into the direction of having his miracle cure because... I guess they've been looking at some treatments in Peru and it's experimental. And so they had a discussion. They brought Nate in, talked to Nate to say, hey, you know, what do you think about this? Do you think this is an opportunity? The current treatment isn't working. Is this going to be something that maybe I should pursue? It seemed like the answer, because I don't know, when he left the office, meaning Nate, um, when he left the office, the look on his face was like, yeah, I don't know. This might be a long shot. I mean, he didn't seem like he was too enthusiastic. Now he did have a conversation with Elena this week, which Elena was like, do what you got to do, doctor. You know, Hey, if you can find some options for Ashlyn and this Peruvian, um, treatment or experimental drug or experimental treatment can possibly be an option check into it you know so i'm glad that you know she kind of gave him a a push to say hey you know this is all part of being a doctor you know go ahead and see what you can do for this guy but there's also pressure on nate's side that's like okay i'm not normally his doctor what if this don't work then everybody's looking at me. Is this going to be my fault? Well, the thing is, honestly, Ashton came to you. It wasn't like you brought it to him and made these big promises. He asked you, can you look into this? Can you see if this is going to work? All Nate honestly could say is, you know what? If this is what you want to try, we can try it, whatever the situation is. Give the pros and cons to this situation and go from there. And if Ashlyn accepts, it's on him. He chose it. Put it all out there on the table. This is what you can expect from this. This could happen. This couldn't happen. This might work. This might not work. And leave it on the table for Ashlyn to say yay or nay. If he say nay, let's try something else. Cool. If he say, let's, you know, let's do this. I want to try it. That's on him. And whatever the outcome is, he'll get whatever comes from it. So, you know, we got to see. But I honestly think that the writers are going in a direction of trying to make this, oh, my God, he's been cured. The, the, the experimental drug works. And 
you know, Richard Burgey, which is the actor that plays Ashlyn, he probably end up, is going to end up sticking around. So, I honestly, I like him with Victoria. I don't like how we got to this point with a thousand secrets, but the thousand secrets make for good drama. It's a daytime soap, so I get it. Um, however, you know, I honestly think she's met her match. She's met somebody almost like her father. And I think that's what she, one thing that she's always tried to prove is how she look in her father's eyes. Now, on the marrying level, you know, how they say sometimes people find, a woman finds a person that has the traits like her dad. Well, she definitely did in this case. Definitely did. So, you know, just as ruthless, the Loch Ness monster and everything else that comes with it, I think Victor is a lot more uh, ruthless than he is. But, he, you know, Ashlyn isn't that far off. So, honestly, I think these two has met their match in business. They love each other, it seems. So, if Nate can actually make this work and the writers want Ashlyn Locke's character to stick around, I could see this is the way to do it. So, let me know what you guys think. But, yeah, I don't, I really don't see anything there. I just hope that this treatment works because this current chemotherapy treatment is not. Okay, so let's talk about these other two storylines. Um, Nick and Phyllis. We have seen over the past couple weeks, maybe more, excuse me, of um, this slow decline or deterioration in the relationship of Nick and Phyllis. And obviously, Jack has been sniffing around. Jack has actually put his troops out there to say, look, I'm still in love with you. Do what you want to do with that information. But I'm just being honest. So that's out there. He not only told Phyllis, but he went and told Nick how he felt. So obviously that's been making waves. Now to me, all this other stuff about how Nick is faulting Phyllis for, you know, giving her advice at the wrong time and how he, you know, throwing throwing shade at his family and then with um, Phyllis saying, you don't understand me, why are you doing this, and blah, blah, blah. I, I really don't think this is their problem in the relationship. Jack is the problem. They're using these things as excuses because Nick is feeling some kind of way about Jack, and subconsciously, Phyllis is feeling some kind of way about Jack, too. And instead of just owning and saying, Nick saying, you know what, I'm not liking the fact of what's happening that you let your ex always be around. Because she really messed up when Nick wanted to have a conversation with her this week. And she said, I don't have time. I got to get to work. But you get downstairs. Jack shows up. You decide you want to talk to him. Buy him some coffee. Tell him to go take a seat. Your dude, meaning Nick, isn't that far off. And he comes downstairs to walk into this. And you okay with that. So you can't tell me it's all this other stuff about throwing shade. Because 
Phyllis has always been Phyllis about the shade throwing of the Newmans for years. This is nothing new. Nothing new whatsoever. And as for Phyllis, knowing how he is about his family, that's nothing new. Phyllis, you married a Newman. It comes with the territory. The Newmans always have something going on. That is nothing new to you. So they need to just quit the smoke and mirrors. You know what this is coming down to. And Jack is in the middle of all of this. And instead of addressing the elephant in the room, which is Jack, they want to use and pull all these straws about stuff that they've been dealing with with no problem over the years. It makes no sense. And they're playing games with each other. And so, you know, he hasn't been right since that happened. Nick hadn't had really a problem. He saw, you know, Phyllis hanging out with him a lot more. But when I'm when your ex come and tell your current, I'm in love with your significant other. And I made that confession to her and, she, and he or she knows that. That current guy is going to have a problem with that. And the fact that Phyllis really haven't set boundaries with Jack. Now, Jack did. I will say he has taken a little bit of a step back. You know, he's waiting in the wings, it seems. I guess if that's what you want to call it. But he put that nugget out there. But then at the same time, telling Phyllis, you know, you need to go work that out. You need to go figure that out. And Phyllis is like, she got this tug of war in her head, like, wait a minute, you're telling me to go figure it out, but you're saying I'm, you love me at the same time, and you're tiptoeing around me, I don't like what you're doing. And at the same time, Nick is saying, like, this man here is always around. I'm wondering if, because of the fact that she feeds into this, she's feeling him too. And nobody's having that conversation. All they're talking about is stuff about Newman families and how they feel about and defense and Adam and stuff. Y'all been talking about this for years and it was no problem. All of a sudden, it's a problem now. Yeah, it's just a mask for the real problem that they don't want to talk about. That's all this is. And I think if they had an open floor discussion about that and come to terms with what that is, with Jack and why he's doing around and how he felt and you okay with that and you not setting boundaries and you letting him come around and you telling him all our business. And the crazy thing is Phyllis tried to flip that on him. I'm glad uh, Nick flipped it back when Nick made a comment about all we are sex and video games. And she was like, who are you talking to about that? You talking to other people about our relationship? And I'm looking at Phyllis like, really? You left a conversation with your man to talk to Jack, your ex. You always talking to Jack, your ex, about your relationship with your current man, Nick. So how she going to get all up in her feelings about one moment that she think Nick is talking to somebody else about that relationship? And I'm glad he flipped that back like as much as you talk to, uh, about us to Jack. She's like a deer in headlights. Uh, Phyllis, yeah. What are you talking about? Why are you getting on him about that when you've been doing that for weeks? Y'all been getting drunk together, talking about stuff. This man and told you I love you, all of this 
back and forth nonsense. And then, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's why I don't buy it. I don't buy this whole thing about being mad at the Newman family, her not being able to speak her mind, all of that. Y'all need to talk about this situation with Jack. That's the elephant in the room. And figure out how to get past it. Stop talking about stuff that y'all never had a problem with before. But now it is. It's stupid. But obviously this is a way that the writers are trying to break up the Nick and Phyllis situation. They've been together a year and a half since Gina Tognoni was playing Phyllis. So... Honestly, do I want Phyllis to be back with Jack? No. Bring Jack somebody else. Bring him Why are you recycling? I mean, come on. Phyllis, I mean, Chelsea is coming back to town. Try him out with Chelsea. I don't know. Somebody. We tried him with Sally. Didn't work. Sally is better with Adam to me, in my opinion. But... Bring somebody else along for Jack. I mean, seriously. Why take this whole carousel back and forth between Phyllis and Nick? It's tired, it's old, and it's been going on for decades. Give him somebody else. Bring somebody else on for Phyllis. I honestly thought back in the day, Ronan, when he was on the show, him and Phyllis had a lot of chemistry. They were hot. So, but I guess right now with you know, the actors and actresses that they have on, you know, on the payroll. Maybe that's all they have right now. I don't know. But um, do I want a Jack and Phyllis reunion? No. So, that's my take on that. Um, they need to, like I said, come to a decision. Now, I did see Monday's episode and a decision will be made. So that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to spoil it, whether they stay together, whether they not stay together. You'll see on Monday. But there is a decision on Monday, November 1st. Okay, let's keep it moving, moving. We're moving right along. Okay, so the other biggest storyline this week and the final one for this episode. See, I told you it wasn't going to be that long. We might only be able to do an hour, which is great. But, um, and like I said, when Keisha comes back next week, if she want to, you know, share some stuff from the October 25th week, hey, great. Okay, so, um, Abby, so Keisha and I have been talking about this since December of 2020. This is when Donnie Boaz had left or was fired, or whatever they want to call it, let go, with the Chance character. Her husband played it, meaning Melissa Ordway, who plays Abby. Her husband, Justin Gaston, played the wedding scene with her. For And I, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that it was, we were still in the hot, we're still in a pandemic. But 2020, we were definitely in the deep end of the pandemic. Um, when it came to the marriage scene, the kissing scenes and stuff, they brought Justin Gaston on when Chance and Abby got married. However, um, they sent Donnie Boaz when he came back for the end of December, they sent him off to take this mystery, uh, because, you know, he works undercover 
you know, whatever his mission is. And they sent him off. And they sent us off as fans. Because it's like, okay, what you going to do with the Chance character? I mean, then they brought Ben on. I don't want to rehash. It'll take another 45 minutes to an hour to talk about this past year. It seems like, as I'm thinking, now I have seen some spoilers yesterday. And I'll drop that in a minute. But it seems like they're trying to uh, come up with an answer on where's Chance. Now, they also, even though they're making it look like, oh, there was this bomb explosion and we found this watch and we found this wedding band. And everybody's going to the worst case scenario, including Christine, who works for the FBI, whatever. They're making it look like his demise is bleak. Like, maybe he's gotten killed in this whole explosion and everything. And I just think it's crazy because they have no body. And if he was the type of person to, as they said in yesterday, Friday's episode on the 29th, well, he always wear his ring because he was, uh, his part of his mission was to walk around like this married businessman. Okay. If the ring popped off somewhere, he if he's in there, they've identified four or five other people from what they said in yesterday's episode. Somewhere along the line, he would be there. But they haven't found him. So all I'm saying is I honestly think that he's not going in. He's not gone. He maybe got out. Maybe they're going to make a storyline where... He presumed that the the bomb was going to blow up or he maybe it did blow up with him in the building. He crawled out and somebody saved him. I don't know. You know how the soap opera works. Just as much as Adam was blown up twice, ran off of a cliff, burned to death. He came back as a different actor. And Adam also was blown up in a cabin by Chloe. And we all know how that went. So stuff happens in soap world, right? Um, there was a couple of, uh, articles dropped in the, in the, um, soap groups on Facebook yesterday that the role of Chance, uh, had been recasted and handsome guy. So I don't know if this is true because a lot of people are excited about it and a lot of folks are questioning if this is legit or you guys playing with us. Um... A couple of the cast members have been posting stuff on Instagram about this guy being the new Chance Chancellor. Um, Brighton James was one of them, which is the guy who played Devon. Uh, one of the other actors on the show posted it, but they deleted it. So it's some, I don't know, maybe it shouldn't have got out yet. And they wanted to surprise us, but the cat's out the bag. Nothing stays hidden now that social media exists. Stuff that when they say you put stuff on the internet and it lasts forever, yeah, it lasts forever. You can delete it, but I guarantee you something juicy and exciting, somebody screenshotted it. So it's out there and it's floating. But I'm hoping that that's the case because we need an end to this storyline. Either end the Chance Chancellor storyline. Or bring this guy on like it looked like it's going to happen. And let's move on. Give Abby her happiness. 
it's been a week of sadness um you know because these little nuggets are coming in with the ring and this and that Devon and Mariah is continuously around um Mariah even though it seemed like she's slowly getting better with her attachment issues her attachment issues still exist you know so I I just think they need to the writers please come to a resolution to this if this guy is going to be the legit chance chancellor that's been thrown all over social media please let that be the case because this storyline has gone on too long and by you guys bringing in the guy uh i forgot his name the one that played ben the kidnap mariah and all that stuff y'all needed to do that in order to buy some time to find somebody you know i don't know it's just I'm just glad that hopefully there's a resolution to it. If the stories in in Facebook are uh, not true, maybe they're going to get rid of the Chance character. If the stories are true, I love that. Fine. Bring her to her dude. Devon can focus on his life. You know, Abby and Chance can raise this baby together. That'll give Mariah some time to heal from her attachment issues. I mean, I don't I don't think she should completely walk away from that baby. She's always going to have a tie to it because she carried it. But with the two of them working collectively together um to raise the child, everybody else can now take a step back a little bit and breathe. Because uh actually with Noah in town because that's the other thing, we really didn't get a lot of that, but Whatever Noah got had going on back in London is one thing, but is this going to interfere with Mariah and Tessa's relationship, especially Tessa, I mean, um, Mariah not really healing completely because of everything that's going on with this baby and Abby and Chance and everything is up in the air, especially when Abby got so upset, she ran off and left the baby with her father. Victor looking like, wait a minute. <laughs> and so Victor, Mariah shows up and Victor was like, here, you keep the baby. I got to go after Abby. You know, so honestly, y'all need to clean up the storyline. Clean it up. Let's go. Because um, it's been long overdue and we need a break from this. Please. So. That's what I have on that one. I'm trying to think any other thing. I, I will say I am curious to find out what Noah is hiding from back in London. He claimed when he had a conversation with Sharon and, and Nick that he fell in love hard. It didn't go well and he needed to come home. Now, he still stick to the fact that his life in London, you know, became too, I guess, boring but part of it has to do with whoever this person is. Now, I've seen some speculations on social media and people thinking what the situation is. I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to wait and see. But, um, yeah, honestly, um, I'm curious. I, obviously, this is a new storyline on the horizon. So, we'll definitely get to see what what's what's going on with Mr. Noah. 
and whether or not that he be him being in town is going to impact Mariah and Tessa's relationship because Tessa has been confiding in him and Noah even said hey if you want me to keep it a secret anything you tell me we can keep it between us and I'm like oh here we go because now you're asking her meaning Tessa to keep stuff away from her girlfriend so that's already a red flag and even no matter what the situation is that Tessa's in right now Noah's still her ex and obviously, it seemed like he still has some residual feelings for her. So, all right, keep playing with fire. Uh, let's see. Did I miss anything else? Um, Adam and Sally has been playing tiddlywinks with each other. I'm like, would y'all just go head on and do what you want to do? Sally ready. Sally is like, I'm ready. I'm here for you. We can do the darn thing. Let's go. And and Adam is like, well, I don't know. Yeah, I better take a step back. I'm not sure. Let me think first. But I know he wants that girl. He's just trying to. He's really just trying to, um, you know, trying to stay low key with this thing. He don't want to move too fast. And I get it. But. How long we go? I'm looking forward to it. I've been wanting this storyline for a long time. Once they scrap the Adam and Sharon thing, I'm ready to hear about Adam and Sally now. I think they are a run. Just like I said, how Ashlyn is good for um, uh, uh, Victoria and, and vice versa. I think these two are good for each other too. Chelsea will be back in November. So, we'll definitely have to look forward to that. But, yeah, I am here for Adam and um, and Sally. Um, there was still a little bit of ruckus with Chloe over this thing with Lauren. Lauren, Lauren needs to go sit down somewhere. If you had a did your job with the right dress in the first place, this wouldn't be an issue. She wouldn't have to second-guess her decision if she was truly happy about your dress. So, while you're mad at Sally and Chloe, you need to go and say, Hey, Victoria, I mean, I'm not happy about the fact, you know, you didn't get to wear my dress. But tell me, what was it that made you choose that dress over mine? You go back as a content creator, a product creator, a brand creator, and when somebody of that level that you did something for come back and second guess, instead of getting mad at the at the other party, you need to go and find out what happened here so you'll know what to do next time. No, she redirect her anger to them. It's like, stop. You're a business person because if the shoes were on the other foot, say Forrester Creations, which those people who watch Bold know who I'm talking about, made a dress that jumped in front of yours. Would you be having this conversation with Eric or Ridge? Probably not. You'd be like, oh my God, the dress is gorgeous. Man, you know, I hey, I can't compete with Forrester Creations when I have... um. Finmore's and my style of dress. No, she would have left that alone. 
But Sally, because of the fact that she can't stand Sally and everything, you taking a business decision that you need to go back to the drawing board and try to ask, why wasn't my dress good enough? Instead, you projecting your anger onto her and want to ruin them. Yeah, okay, whatever. Lauren, go take several seats. Have a conversation when you take those seats with Victoria and ask her, why her dress and not mine? And Victoria will probably tell you, the dress fit me perfectly. It fits. It was elegant. It it fits my body type. It's exactly how I wanted to look. It was sleek. It was sexy. I wanted to see Ashlyn's face when he saw it in me. Saw the saw the dress on me, I should say. And his face was priceless. I felt beautiful. I felt. She would have got all that information. And then Lauren could have said, "Well, you didn't feel that way in my dress. It just didn't. It didn't hit right with me." It it just it just didn't click the way I wanted to feel in my grand wedding dress in Tuscany. Then that should tell you something. Don't get mad at them because they did what she what the client want. You need to find out why the client didn't choose your dress and move on from there. So the next dress you make for a high profile person, you'll know what to do next time so that the competition can't come in. And take your spot. That's all I can say on that. I mean, hey. She wasting her time. Yo, I'm going to destroy you. Okay. So you're going to waste your time trying to go after somebody else. When you could be working on a way to in- innovate your business. You want to see what she did? I'm not saying copy Sally. But Lauren, come on. You've been in business all this time. You didn't got that comfortable and you just thought Victoria because of y'all friendship and connection. Oh yeah, she gonna be loyal to me. When it comes down to a product, product sales based on emotion and how people feel about it. You didn't put them feelings on her with that dress. Sally did. Deal with it. So that's all I have to say with regard to Miss Miss Lauren. Um, I think that's everything. I can't think of anything else for this week that I possibly missed. So, since that's the case, we are now going to move into the second half of this show, which is the bold and the beautiful. So, for the bold and beautiful in the week of October 25th, um, Deacon went along with Sheila's dating scheme, but was enraged by Sheila's plan for fit and hope. Quinn went off on Donna after Brooke told Eric to be with Donna, who aroused him when Quinn couldn't. And Carter was intrigued when Katie said she cared about me. Oh, yeah, okay. Let's start with the Katie Carter thing. I, I don't I will say I'll I'll start out by saying, Bold and Beautiful, you have really been dropping the ball in the past several weeks. Now, if you wanted to get shock factor, okay, great. I get it. However, the content of this shock factor, I I mean, I hope the writers are in the Facebook group reading what the fans' responses. I would say 85% of what I've seen has been like, this is straight up trash. Everything from the whole entanglement 
that Quinn was having with with Carter, you know, down to where we are with this whole situation. And speaking of Carter, now that he's out of that entanglement, they made it look as if Katie and Carter is so interested. Remember last week, and I know I posted his facial responses, and they put it in slow motion. Carter's eyes lit up like a Christmas tree, and Katie's smile was like a Cheshire cat, and they was just just in, enthralled with each other's attention when they went out to, uh, when they had lunch at Giordino uh, or whatever that place is. And, you know, then we had Katie talking about how sexy Carter is and how could he be, he, he could have anybody he want, and Katie acted like she was interested. The crazy thing is, is when all this stuff came out about Donna, Katie flipped the script on him yesterday talking about, well, I got something to tell you. Donna has been basically giving Eric the rise and he's having a connection. He doesn't have ED anymore. It's just like he's not connected with Quinn. So I know that you have feelings for Quinn and you were in love with her. So maybe this is your opportunity. And I'm like, if y'all hypocritical Logans don't go somewhere and sit down, before all this stuff came out, y'all were pissed at Quinn and Carter for Quinn dealing with somebody while she's married. However, on the flip side of this, Katie's having this conversation about this in regards to, you know, maybe you can get back with Quinn now because it's a possibility that Donna is going to be his girl. Are you serious right now, Katie? And I know Carter got to get be looking at them like, am I being punked? And I'm sitting back watching this thing. And I'm like, Carter, how many times you going to let these people just swing you around just like, like you just don't have a thought process in the world? Can you speak up for yourself for once and say, y'all need to stop this mess? I was hoping he said that with, um, with Eric. Like, dude, really? We went through... H-E double hockey sticks dealing with this thing when, when you didn't know we were sleeping together. Now you want us to sleep together. And you want, you're going to set rules around this thing because you think you can't satisfy your wife. It, this whole storyline is a hot mess. And now Katie is coming in telling him, you know, hey, here's your opportunity because, you know, I'm working with my sisters to get my other sister back with Eric. Carter was like, uh, What? Like you could tell in his face. He was looking at that girl like, okay, are you crazy or are you not crazy? Then she was like, but I'm saying this because I care about you. And the only word that Carter heard was, oh, you care about me? I'm like, you got to be kidding. And they go right back into this whole thing. Carter lays his hand on Katie's hand. She starts smiling again. And I'm like, what the heck just happened here? She came in the door with a, a plan to move Quinn out the way for her, for Donna. And it ended up basically where them two are reconnecting again. I'm like, okay, you know what? I can't do this. This is crazy. But yeah, so that's what we have with 
Carter being so intrigued by uh by her. Okay, so let's move on to this next couple storylines and then we're going to end the show. So Deacon Sheila, Sheila Deacon fake relationship. Let's make up the scheme so if we're in a relationship it's going to somehow cause Finn and Hope to be in a relationship and we can get our family together. You can get your daughter. I can be with my son and my grandson and this is all going to work out. I don't even know what to say because I just think it's stupid. There's so many other ways they could have went with this. They could have did it organically. You know, lately, you know, bold just throw stuff together. They throw people together. They throw scenarios together. It's like, who's writing this stuff? It's just un-freaking-believable. You know, because it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. You know, I mean, somehow Sheila actually thinks that this is going to work. She even crafted or photoshopped a picture together with all five of them, including Beth and the grandbaby, Hayes, all in this picture. Now, it does, I mean, Sheila, you know, she can be off a rocker sometimes. But it's like, this the way you want to go with this storyline? It just doesn't make sense. It makes zero sense zero sense to me and they lying and they kissing all over each other and they trying to prove to hope and and Finn that they're actually in a relationship and Deacon as much as he's saying this woman is crazy this ain't gonna work you ain't running away from her it just it I don't know it just don't make any sense Finn and um Hope goes back home, which I don't understand that whole thing. These couples hanging out with each other with their opposite spouses and stuff. It's just like, what? In what reality would that normally happen? Now, I understand they're trying to bring together this togetherness. Okay, I guess, whatever. But, you know, I mean... She, uh, the one thing that Deacon can do, because Deacon getting involved with Sheila is only making his situation worse. It doesn't help him. You know, he, he would be better off trying to win over Hope on his own. Not teaming up with Sheila. And some folks might say, well, he really don't agree with Sheila's plan. Yeah, but you're not leaving either. You still there. You talking to her. You in her hotel room. She's threatening you. Gave you the weird crazy eye lady face. I mean, it's like, dude, what do you need or what is it going to take for you to just walk away? Obviously, you buying a part of this, which, again, stupid storyline. Like I said, they could have went so many different ways. Let Deacon prove to hope. You know, hey, you want to get to know me? Let's do this organically. I, I got out of jail because of my behavior. Everything went well. I'm going to show you that, you know, I want to be a part of your life as your father. Boom. What's so hard about that? 
Maybe it's not drama-filled enough, I guess. But, okay, whatever. Sheila, on the other hand, she got a much more uphill battle because of her history is way worse than Deacon's. You know, I mean, you shot at your son's wife's mother, you know. Oh, and by the way, they recasted Taylor. So, um... I want to put that out there. So we should be seeing a new Taylor on screen uh, in the upcoming week. So stay tuned for that. But, yeah, I I just don't understand. How did the writers actually think that that was going to work? Put these two together to act like they're in a relationship so your kids can be in a relationship. And if those, And the thing is, like... Deacon said, they are married. You going to break up my daughter's family. My daughter's family, who she has a child with, a couple, and then she raised Douglas, too. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. So, I just wish that they could clean this up. I guess we'll see where it's going. Who knows? Deacon and... Sheila might organically fall for each other. Who the heck knows? But it definitely looked like they're trying to figure out a way to put Hope and Finn together. Which is dumb. It's dumb. So, um, writers, y'all gotta do better than this. This is craziness. Craziness. You know, and then of course with Steph, uh, Steffi and Liam drawing a line in the sand saying I forbid you not to see your mom or your dad it's like you asking for them you talking about two grown individuals you're asking for them to defy you I mean seriously because sometimes uh, you get to a point when somebody said what you can't do and especially you realize like wait a minute I'm grown this is probably going to be part of the reason that pushes them toward Deacon and, and, and Sheila because of the hard line in the sand that they're drawing when it comes to with, with Finn, I mean, with Steffi and Liam. Now, a lot of folks is like, oh my God, this is going to put Liam and Steffi back together. I hope not. Please. We don't need to jump on that carousel again. Like I said in the first half of the show, the Jack, Nick, and Phyllis Carousel, we don't need the whole carousel with Liam and Steffi again. Please. So I hope that's not going to happen. There is word that um, Ivy is also coming back to the show that's supposed to impact the relationship between Hope and, and Liam. I don't know if that's 100% true. I've been hearing that, but we have to definitely see. But with Steffi and Liam drawing the hard line in the sand, that itself, technically, if Sheila and Deacon didn't do anything, that hard line in itself might push them that way without them doing any work. You know, so, I don't know. I just think, you know, the writing on this show has just really... I don't know, it's really gone bad in the past, oh, what, two, three months? Yep, 
What happened? I posted this into the Facebook groups. What happened to corporate takeovers and fashion shows? Where's Bill? We saw Bill a little bit begging for Katie's um, forgiveness. But where's Wyatt? We got, you know, come on, bring some more other people. But anyway, that's all I got to say about that stupid storyline. That scheme is just... It's just crazy. Alright. The other biggest storyline that's also uh, bringing up a lot of buzz is this whole thing with Donna and Eric, which is so hypocritical. As I kind of touched on with Katie, what she tried to do with Carter in yesterday's episode by saying, Hey, you know, Donna gave him a rise. Quinn ain't doing it for him. You loved her. Go on. Maybe the door is open for you. I'm like. It is. As much as. Especially um, Brooke. Gave so much pushback. Brooke. Ridge. Anybody else who knows about this situation. Katie. As much pushback as they gave. On Quinn. Sleeping with Carter. They are okay with pushing their sister onto this married man. Now, I did see comments that said, well, Quinn did step too. Okay, let's talk about that briefly. Yeah, she cheated. Everybody know about it. However, Eric decided to forgive her and take her back. At this point, maybe he don't forget, but you forgave this girl and took her back. Then you set up an entanglement with the guy that she cheated on you with. You orchestrated that whole thing. Eric did. You did a piss poor job on being discreet about it, which you kept dropping these old cryptic messages and these hints around the office and of course that's what got rid suspicious that he had to hire somebody to figure out what was going on and follow your wife and you know all this old craziness and Brooke couldn't stop coming to the house wondering where Quinn was and your comments was oh she's out for the night do you not think that somebody's gonna be like what do you mean your wife is out for the night he handled this thing so poorly if you truly didn't want this girl back, you shouldn't have took her back. And then what does that say about your doctors? Because your doctors, you claim you've been to all these doctors, all these sex therapists, and blah, 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 and this is the diagnosis, and you got ED. But Donna is the miracle cure to all ED. Yeah, okay. Craziness. The other part of this is that how pissed he was at Carter and Quinn for doing what they doing, but you okay rubbing up against Donna. And I hope there's not any young viewers, but I'm going to keep it, you know, um, PG, 13 and up, 17, whatever. But we all saw what happened this week. Y'all licking honey off of each other's fingers and all this old kind of stuff. And then you run home with that energy. And going to take the rise that you got from another woman back home 
and say, I'm going to use this with my wife. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. She thinking like, oh, my God, it struck lightning. I'm excited. What you been doing all day? Quinn was like running up the stairs like a kid at a candy store. Didn't happen. Want, want. Everybody disappointed. He's disappointed. What he do? Instead of saying, go to my doctor. Doctor, something happened to me. I was with this person. So a couple intimate things happened. We didn't have sex. But I got an erection. And then, you said I got ED, but... This happened. Can you explain that? Why go back to the person? You let Brooke talk to you any old kind of way. You let Brooke set this whole thing in motion. When Brooke finds out that this was the case, you go all she goes all the way over to that man's house and tell her, you know what, Quinn ain't who you need to be with. You need to be with my sister because she's the one that can make you happy. And Eric is like, I hate that you've done this. Dude, you need to set boundaries with these women. Brooke is so darn pushy. Even Donna told her to stay out of it. She ain't listen to her sister. She ain't listen to Eric. Brooke does whatever the F she wants to do. And then she does that because they allow her to do it. They don't put firm boundaries down. And that was what Quinn was saying earlier this year. You do not stand up for me when it comes to your ex-wife. Which is why I said in Facebook groups, and I also said on this show in previous podcasts, Quinn should have left him a long time ago. The moment that this man was defending Brooke over his own wife, telling her that she needs to, oh, you need to just take the high road. When this woman is coming all up in your house talking crazy to your wife, but you think it's okay for her to back down, not Brooke. That girl do not respect anybody's boundaries, which is why she's been living the way that she's been living. She don't respect her sister's boundaries with their spouses. Her daughter's boundaries with their significant others. And definitely Eric. And Eric allows it to happen. You let these women talk to you any old kind of way. Brooke is study telling you, you need to get rid of her. You need to do this. You need to do that. And he's just, oh, Brooke's just stop. Dude, tell that girl, listen, I didn't already told you. Stay out of my marriage. Stay out of this situation. No, Brooke does what she wants to do because they don't set boundaries with that girl. Donna was pissed with her because she went all the way over to that man's house to tell Eric about what happened and what he needs to do in regards to her sister and her and his current wife. And then Eric says, I need to be the one to tell uh, Quinn about what has happened. Uh, Brooke was like, are you sure you want to tell? Oh, so now we're keeping secrets. So, now you don't want him to tell his wife about what happened. And you secretly trying to push your, your sister onto this man who's still legally married to Quinn. 
hypocritical at best. All well, I, at least Donna. I mean, Donna is still pushing up on this dude. So you know, I still I can't give her a hundred percent pass. But she's saying things like, "I don't want to interfere. This this man is married. This man is married. I don't want to interfere." Okay, Donna, I hear you. I hear what you're telling your sisters. However, your behavior. You should not be rubbing up on somebody else's husband. I don't care how you feel about that. Again, I know, it's a soap. But, hypocritical at best. I, you know, it is, and I guess that's the purpose, you know, that's the purpose of a show like this. Because it's like you got two contradictory ideas. They were really bent on Carter and Quinn cheating on Eric. But at the same time, it's okay for this emotional affair to happen between Eric and Donna. That her sisters, Katie, tried to set Carter back up with Quinn. That didn't work. And then, of course, Brooke is just running ruckshot. I mean, she's so darn excited. It's just ridiculous. All because you hate this woman. I wonder what would happen if the roles were reversed. Say Donna was married to Eric. And Quinn was the woman that was giving him a rise. And as much as Brooke hates Quinn, I can guarantee you, even if Quinn was in Donna's position right now and Brooke found out about it, how dare you mess with a married man? You shouldn't be doing those things like that with him. And she would be telling Donna, Work it out with your husband. Do whatever you need to do to get him excited. You just got to work at it and stick in there. I know that's what she would say. She would be like, I can't believe you coming after my sister's husband. You can't be licking honey off his hand or his fingers. Or he shouldn't be licking honey off. Or she'll have a conversation with Eric. How dare you do this to my sister? But because Quinn is in the opposite position. Oh, it's an all green light. All green lights take off. We're ready to go. Let's hit it. You, my sister, Quinn, out the door. Keep doing it. You're married. I don't care. Just do what you got to do to get with my sister. Go figure. Yeah. So, a lot of people was definitely up in arms this week about this whole thing. Again, it's a soap opera. I know. Because I know there's some folks that's like, well, if you don't like it, you can change the channel. Okay. I don't have to change the channel either if I don't want to. But, um, the thing is, is just, I, I, I just see a decline in the writing styles. When we had this whole thing with Vinny and with, uh, bill and the courts and you know the whole jail thing okay cool it was something else other than this whole whatever it is going on in the office when we had sally on the show and there was this whole thing with this um with the uh fashion line and all of that great taking over the businesses when bill tried to take forrester away and steffi was in the middle of that great you know 
But when they go with these crazy storylines, like when Thomas was terrorizing his son and gaslighting him, and then this whole uh, entanglement with um, Quinn and Carter, and now we got this whole thing going on. It's like, okay, don't y'all got something else to write about? Y'all got other quality actors and actresses on this show who want to work. Give them something to work with. Give them something to work with. This should not revolve about around these Logan women all the time. All the time. It always come back to them keeping up mess, starting mess, taking somebody's man, all this old kind of stuff, hating on somebody. Come on. Come on, y'all. So, that's what I have for this week. Um, I hope you enjoyed this um, abbreviated episode. We were missing Keisha this week. We miss you, girl. Look forward to having you back. Enjoy your weekend out of town. Um, have fun, and we, you know, we'll most definitely see you back next week. But we got to do our flip the script segment. So... For my flip the script for Young and the Restless, it goes to da, 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 Phyllis and Nick. My flip the script would have been for them to say, you know what, let's just cut to the chase. The elephant in the room is, is Jack. You're probably not happy about what he said. And you're probably also, meaning Phyllis, you're probably also not happy about the fact that I'm not setting boundaries with him. We need to figure that out. Somebody needs to speak up and, and stop tilly winking around about family members and throwing shade at family and all this other, you know, nonsense about what, uh, you know, what she's talking about. You know, I mean, it's just crazy. And then this conversation about how he tried stopping her with the whole Tara and Sally drama. And that none of his family likes. It's just stupid. None of that. All that is nonsense. Because y'all been dealing with this for years. Years. All of a sudden it's a problem. Come on. Stop. Y'all need to get to the elephant in the room and deal with Jack. And somebody needs to put that on the table. Neither one of them are doing that. They're tap dancing around that. Y'all need to get to the root of the problem. The root of the problem is Jack. On the bold and the beautiful. And then, by the way, we did get a I forgot on bold. We did get a little bit of the whole Paris and Zenday and Thomas. Another storyline that is stupid as best. Even their housing arrangement. I, I, I talked about that in last uh, week's podcast. So, you, and a lot of you already know my thoughts on that regard. But in regards to um, my flip the script for the bold and the beautiful... I would have had Donna say, look, the moment he was sitting up there looking at me some kind of way, first of all, why are you walking around with honey in every place you go? In your purse, in your desk, it makes you look like, I don't know, like you need to get the side eye, Donna. Come on now. It's not that serious. You walking around with honey everywhere? Okay. But... There should have been some pushback when it came to Donna and Brooke from Eric. Now, you know, okay, he got a rise from having a conversation. That first conversation, 
he needs to take a moment and step back from that and say, whoa, 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 what is this? I'm having an erection, which I'm not supposed to be. What is this? You know, and second of all, said, and you know, go talk to your doctors. Hey, what you guys telling me? You said I got ED, but this happened. Second of all, set boundaries with these girls, especially Brooke. Brooke should not be able to walk into your house and tell you what you need to do. Seriously. At what point, y'all ain't, y'all kids are grown. He ain't got no little kids in the house that belong to Brooke, vice versa. Ashley is grown up or whoever. He had, I mean, Nick, I mean, Rick. Rick is no longer on the show. Why are you just able to walk up in this man's house? Because Eric don't set boundaries. So he has to set, I'm, look, I'm married. You might not like my wife. You might not like the situation. Yes, that happened the other day. But it's not your place to come up in my house and try to tell me what I need to do with my wife, my marriage, my sex life. I appreciate you leave. He said that the Ridge last week, he put Ridge out his house. You need to put Brooke out your house too. Seriously. So if you're going to have the gumption to say what you need to say to your son, you need to tell his wife the same thing. Now, he ain't got to be disrespectful but you got to set some boundaries like look i understand your concern and whatnot but this is my marriage this is my wife this is my sex life i will deal with it the way i see fit i would appreciate you not coming in here trying to tell me what i need to do with this situation see your way out i appreciate your thoughts but see your way out there is no way she should be pushing him and telling him what she needs to do. This is your ex. This man is married to somebody else. You might not like that person, but it's not your place, Brooke. Seriously. So, that's what I have for this week of The Young and the Restless and The Bold and the Beautiful for the week of October 25th through October 29th. So, I enjoyed sharing this content with you this week. Always a good week. Next week, um, I really, I saw Monday's episode. Like I said, there is a decision made between Nick and Phyllis. So stay tuned for that in regards to their relationship. And anything else major? Oh, they're still going to be dealing with this whole thing with Chance, uh, next week. So we'll see how that goes and whether this new guy is going to be a part of the, the storyline that's going to play or recast chance. So we'll definitely see. So enjoy your weekend, guys. Until next week. Again, we miss you, Keisha. We'll see you back next week. But until then, have a great one. Thanks for joining us this week on CBS Soap Dish Recap. Make sure you check us out on our Facebook group at The Young and the Restless Bold and the Beautiful Long Haul Die Hard Fans Group. We are 29,000 strong and we would welcome you. Also, never miss an episode. You can check us out on other platforms such as via RSS so you'll never miss a show. Also on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and more. 
While you're at it, if you found value in the show, give us a rating. If you simply want to tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. We're signing off for now. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.